Welcome to Acquire, Tearsheet's marketing podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Almacohen, head of Tearsheet Studios. On today's episode, I'm speaking with John Forrester, SVP of product at Oculus. Oculus is a document automation platform powering the digital landing ecosystem. John is here to talk to me today about Oculus's try and buy offering launched last year, allowing any size lender to upload their borrower documents for free. John, welcome to the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on the show. Before we jump in, John, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and where you come from? Um, so John Forrester, I'm Silicon Valley B2B SaaS veteran. Um, I've founded companies, uh, helped scale them, uh, helped take them public. And I've seen uh, some pretty crazy hyper growth uh, scaling even past IPO. Um, I'm out at Oculus. I'm their SVP of product. And uh also run marketing. And how did you find yourself doing product at Oculus? So actually, when I was interviewing to, uh, to join Oculus, uh, they had just launched their free trial. And uh, so I had an opportunity to kind of see uh, what the free trial was like um, and to experience the product myself directly. I even uploaded uh, some of my own uh, bank statements uh, to the product and was able to see how they were able to, to classify them and capture all the data, extract, and also do perform a number of financial calculations. So like, I was seriously impressed uh, as a candidate uh, considering to join a company, knowing that like typically in the world of uh, document processing, that's a rarity. Not too many companies out there are confident enough to, uh, to put their technology out there for anyone to just uh, do a free trial, upload some documents and, and see the success of that. And uh, so, yeah, for, from my perspective, I was pretty blown away and uh, got me very interested uh, in, into understanding the technology. So Oculus is pretty confident. Um, I'm wondering, has it helped you stand out from the competition offering this free trial? And before we go into the product, what does it actually mean to offer a free trial? When I was doing my due diligence, it's like, you know, kind of comparing to some of the other players out in the document processing space, you know, I saw a lot of uh, contact sales or a schedule, a demo, but I didn't see any really free trials out there. So uh, it's how we've been able to really accelerate adoption um, and usage out to a, a wide variety of industries that initially we never really anticipated uh, we would have uh, such strong interest. Uh, so it's, it's great to see um, the uh, you know folks who um, found us on the internet, found us through SEO, or maybe found us through some of our paid campaigns and uh, are able to try out the technology and use it for their own, uh, their own use case, their own needs. This launch effectively expanded your customer base, right? Outside of your typical lenders. I'm wondering, what was it like meeting this new customer base? And what has this meant for Oculus as a company? So number one, um, what we found is that our core technology was applicable to a number of new markets. Like, For instance, um, um, in the field of law enforcement for uh, folks uh, who are investigating financial crimes, we found that uh, they were very interested in our technology. And so we, uh, we, we didn't, we weren't actively acquiring or going after um, that market historically. When we opened up the free trial, we were able to see that our core technology was uh, very um, useful for folks that were manually going through and stare and compare and adding up all the information from you know bank statements, from uh, different information that were supplied as part of their background investigation. And um, 
you know, our technology was very useful for them to just be able to conduct those. Um, in addition, we also we also found some new markets such as uh, you know equipment leasing, um, auto lending, and and other markets that that we hadn't also been um, actively targeting or pursuing. And so I think it it just expanded our horizon and and uh, and new markets in ways that we could uh, we could access we could be able to to target and attract new customers. So let's jump into the campaign now. Um, what were your first steps? What were your first processes when you were planning the go-to-market strategy? When I first started, I was looking at a number number of different areas, number of different channels for us to to be able to um, acquire customers and and unlock growth in uh, this new free trial channel. Um, so you know, number one, we uh, we started uh, looking at uh, paid search. Um, so we we launched a. A number of new campaigns um, using Google uh, and Bing, and uh, continue have continued to scale those channels and new campaigns uh, in the in the months that followed. Um, so that was like around seven eight months ago that we started really ramping up um, that and the measurements and the instrumentation around it and really making sure that our customer acquisition costs compared to lifetime value is really efficient. So uh, in addition, uh, we really ramped up a lot of the work that we were doing on SEO side and just making sure that our non-brand keywords were continuously strong. Um, and that it was in parallel to a lot of the work that we did on the content marketing scale up, which included um, a number of content development. Um, we started working with Contently uh, for making sure that we could scale up the content creation and also measure that back um, to <clears throat> efficiencies in terms of customer acquisition costs. Um, the last thing I was looking at is, is when I was going to a number of different uh, comparison uh, sites such as uh, G2 Crowds or, or Captera, uh, we noticed that, that there were a number of potential interested uh, buyers in our solution uh, from a variety of different industries and markets. And uh, Oculus didn't have a presence historically, so we made sure that we had a presence, make sure that um, our listing was accurate and up-to-date and on brand. And uh, we also noticed a, a number of different uh, yeah, inbound requests uh, coming from, from that site as well. So the, the core area um, that we wanted to make sure is that we were just getting broad coverage. And um, the last thing I'll mention was on, on paid social. So uh, we really scaled up a lot of the work that we were doing on LinkedIn. Um, coverage that we're having on Twitter, knowing that there's you know a really great conversation happening on, on Twitter, Twitter fintech, Twitter and the financial lending markets, um, and we wanted to make sure that we were getting coverage there as well. Um, the last channel I'll mention is we really you know kind of scaled up a lot of the work that we're doing on the on PR and the influencer uh, marketing side of things, and just uh, make sure that uh, Acros is top of mind when it when it came to uh, any topics related to that. So. And that broad spectrum approach, really leveraging all the, the data and the data attribution metrics that we'd put in place, uh, really helped us to significantly ramp up our free trial traffic volume and the deals that were coming through. Well, it sounds like you really covered all the bases and even used this as an opportunity to expand the Oculus brand on all fronts and in all directions, even reimagine it completely, I think. Um, what was... With that in mind, what was the tone of voice? What was the visual language that you dedicated to this campaign and this reimagination of the brand? The whole positioning of Oculus and um, how we kind of connecting with you know, potential prospects and customers out of the market, um, we completely overhauled that last summer and we completely redesigned our, our website. We expand, expanded 
the whole um, yeah, design system and um, expanded um, everything we we're doing on the funnel and the flow of the free trial as well. Um, we wanted to make sure to, to optimize that for uh, customer experience and make sure the customer experience is good. We, we deployed a number of tools um, that could help us to, to measure and make sure that customer experience was uh, fantastic in, in terms of like abandonment or any, any confusion. We did a number of usability tests, uh, tests uh, as well with, with customers just to make sure their experience was good. Um, but overall, all in all, like the messaging that was going in the campaigns that we were launching out into the market, um, and um, the work that we were doing on the website and making sure the messaging was crisp and clean and the visuals were crisp and clean and making sure that um, from a customer experience perspective, um, whether someone was wanting to talk to someone, we deployed chat on the website, which really, really helped because people had questions before they were you know, willing to, to actually register for a free trial and wanted to know what it entailed and involved. And in addition, just to make sure that um, once their expectations uh, you know, were set of what they'd be getting, what they're you know, kind of um, going into, um, to make sure that the experience is good along the way and they had help and support um, throughout it. Um, you know, anytime you're trying a new product, you want to make sure that the customer experience is fantastic. And so uh, for us, that was like really important to, to, to set the tone for the customer right away that Aquaros is there to, to support them through it and to make sure that their needs were met. Great. So, so that was a bit about the setup. Um, but launching this new product, this new offering, what kind of work did you do um, to figure out the customer journey itself? So when I look at customer journeys, um, I, I, I tend to broaden the view to think about how the customer journey might have been or, or could have been in previous experiences in a particular field. Uh, we found we conducted a lot of user research um, with our customers in the lending industry or folks, whether it's small business lending, auto lending, or in the mortgage space. We found that there was a number of, of really bad experiences, folks that had a lot of bad experiences with automation out there. Really? Well, did you find anything about why automation is such a big weakness point? You know, there's, there's the build, deploy, test, make sure it gets live. That whole process has taken anywhere from six to 18 months historically for other, other technologies or other, other automation projects that um, these, these customers out there have had. With Oculus, we wanted to really flatten that, um, that, that experience, that journey to make sure that from the moment that they're, um, that they're talking with us, uh, making sure that that experience is, is fast, is focused, and is really accessible for them. We wanted to make sure that we could shorten that cycle, flatten it out, crisp up the experience, and, and make sure that it leads to the results that they're expecting. And are in terms of, of language that uh, they think about, things like accuracy or uh, quality of outputs or, or net results, it's very important us for, for us to use the same language that the customer has to ensure that that journey from, from start to finish um, is, is a really good one. So you, you mentioned aiming for words like accuracy, quality, and result as your benchmarks of success. How did you choose these words and how are you actually implementing them as success metrics? Accuracy has always been uh, the metric um, that's been very, very important to financial ins uh, services institutions because of 
with the fact that, uh, well, you know, there's the, from a compliance perspective and legal perspective and, and uh, risk assessment perspective, giving out a loan, uh, giving out a mortgage, it's really, really critical to make sure that um, uh, that accuracy is, is high and intense and, and meets with the needs of the business. And I'd say another metric that's uh, really a language that speaks well to our customers is uh, the ability to, to uh, turn around the information from the time that they submitted to the time that our technology is, is going through and, and uh, extracting the information, classifying the information. And, uh, and then also our team of in-house human-in-the-loop uh, verifiers are verifying that information all the way through the step. That is returned in a turnaround time that's uh, very fast, and uh, you know, I mean, we we are are have an average turnaround time that's very fast out in the market, uh, significantly faster than, than uh, many of the others that we uh, have seen out there. And uh, we publish turnaround times for our customers, but we exceed that turnaround time by an order of magnitude. Forgive me for this question, but I have to ask. Um, Oculus is not the only document automation provider out there. Uh, you know, we spoke about language, accuracy, fast turnaround time, all the research that went into launching a new product and reimagining the brand. And these are all extremely important, but they're not entirely unique. So what is it about your brand that sets you apart from the competition? Big differentiating point is that we focused on financial services right from the start. And um, that's a big differentiating point from other horizontal solutions out there, which are more of a, a, a toolkit solution that, that folks can attempt to build something on or working with an integrator or working with another partner or a development team um, versus um, having someone who has deep expertise um, in lending and finance and really knows these documents very well and knows how to process them. And we do process um, many millions of documents every single month. And uh, that leads to a big advantage in, in, uh, in us working at scale with our partners. We did a tremendous amount of scale uh, during COVID and uh, PPP, uh, where we had uh, customers who were scaling up and we were processing, uh, we processed over 30% of all the PPP loans that uh, went through. And we were able to provide that scale to a number of our um, partners that were, were really looking for that speed and turnaround time and providing the best experience for small businesses that were looking to, to get access to, to government funding through the PPP program. That's right. The PPP program was a big deal during the pandemic, um, and it shined a light on this lack of digital preparedness in the industry um, around things like being able to digitally process documents for lending decisions. And that became a major barrier for small businesses applying for government funding that they really needed, like you said. But it was also an opportunity for firms to shine. The firms who already were experts at what it is that they do already were experts at serving small business customers' needs. It's a personal passion for mine because um, I, I was previously at a um, at, at a fintech uh, called Aslo um, that was funded by BVA Bank, and um, we had spun up a number of programs to get our small business customers because we did small business uh, banking. Um, we wanted to make sure that our small business customers who were suffering get access to PPP funding. There was so much confusion out of the market. And so we had a number number of folks um, uh, that uh, we were helping to educate. We had some pod, uh, we had some webinars we launched with Fundera, which is, actually, is, is an Oculus customer as well. And um, we were making sure that small businesses could get access to capital. So you launched the free trial April 2021. It's been almost a year. What are some challenges that have come up along the way and how did you overcome them? 
there definitely was um, challenges and making sure that we could measure uh, the funnel uh, accurately. Um, so initially, uh, we were the funnel was was measured um, using Google Analytics, and uh, there were gaps in it. And and uh, and I that was something I really set out to to understand is that w- what does this funnel look like? Um, is is this accurate? Um, is this really tracking the events that we need? And um, what we found was that uh, it was that uh, you know the analytics wasn't wasn't right, and so we quickly went about to deploy a, a technology called Heap, um, and we're using that across the board now just to make sure that we could accurately measure all the events from beginning of the funnel to the end of the funnel, and then uh, continuously make improvements um, in in that in in that customer experience and find out where the gaps were, where they're falling out, where they're having difficulties with. So speaking of the gaps, I actually want to go back to the chat support. You mentioned it earlier. Um, Lots of companies are offering this now in the customer journey. Not always such a great help. (laughs) Usually it's, you know, bots with a hint of human. Um, How did you go about this? What's your company's philosophy about this? I used to work for a chatbot uh, company who did natural language processing. And personally, I have to say that, like, um, I'm less of a fan of a chatbot. Um, and uh, I think it's really, really important that if you do implement a chatbot, that you have an escape button that, you know, any language and any, like, I want to talk to a human or get me out. So we actually implemented Salesforce uh, chat. And we did a very light chatbot implementation to provide some basic uh, company overview. Um, but we had a very clear button. And if you typed it in, uh, pathway to get to uh, one of our live uh, customer support uh, agents. And, um, you know, we, we found, of course, in the metrics that people actually wanted to have uh, meaningful conversations with a human. And so we tended not to over-engineer it um, here at Oculus. And we had a we have really great SDR team and very accessible. And, you know, they, they found now it's like a, a wonderful channel for for us to answer questions and and uh, get into uh, in, increasing the customer experience that folks are having at that first touch point on our website so yeah light on the chat bot um, and this side and, and more on the human authenticity so to summarize our conversation and your journey through this product and this campaign as SVP, um, what do you want the ideal end user to have in mind when they walk away from an impression? What do you want them to be saying to themselves? I want them to be saying to themselves that this will help our company make better lending decisions. This is providing more value and insights from an analytics perspective than I ever expected. And this can be incredibly meaningful to our business. I, I want them to walk away with that wow factor of, of uh, wow, this is, this is deeper than what I thought. Before we wrap up, John, having been in different spaces in both product and marketing, what advice would you give our listeners from your experience? Just make sure to, uh, to do a lot of experimentation. Um, every product, every company, every market um, is different. And, uh, you know, never go in with preconceived ideas. It's just really important to, to remember experimentation, make sure that you can lead with data and make sure that um, in, any results that you're hoping for and expecting um, to get out of a program, uh, you, you try lots of different tactics, um, fire bullets, not cannons, and you'll get to the, the right results as a marketer. Experimentation and data are always uh, great advice for marketing um, and for life. <laughs> John, thank you for joining me on the Acquire podcast. 
This was John Forrester, SVP of product at Oculus, talking about the planning, challenges, and success of launching their try and buy document automation software. To read the transcript of this conversation, head on over to the Tearsheet website and to stay tuned to the upcoming episodes of the Acquire Podcast, be sure to subscribe to our marketing newsletter and follow Tearsheet on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any questions, thoughts, or ideas about the Acquire Podcast, you can write them to me at Rebecca at Tearsheet.co. I was your host, Rebecca Alma Cohen. Until next time.